Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Doom Thugs Podcast, episode number 213. Spooky. Oh, I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Doom Thugs Podcast. I don't have a regional accent. My name is Mike. I'm here every week. I'm um, average height for a man. I'd say tall for a woman. Um, my blood pressure is normal for the first time in a long time, so shout out to me. Uh, joining me, as always, is my friend Harrison. Hey, hey. How are you, pal? Good. I just got back from the gym. Uh, I was racing to get here. I did that thing where like you, you're sweaty from the gym, and then you hop in the shower, and you're still sweating afterwards. Oy. It's the worst. I was, I was racing to get here. Did you go to the... I did not go to the Planet Fitness, if you're asking. It was at my apartment gym. Uh, I'm repeating my same journey from the start of this year when I started in my apartment gym, and then... Graduated. Graduated up. Yeah. Mm. Part of that part of the reason why I went to the apartment gym is because my brother's still in town and we couldn't both get into Planet Fitness. You don't have a black card. I don't have a black card. You're a bum, basically, a homeless right. vagrant. Uh <laughs> I went to the gym early this morning, like seven. Okay. Everyone in the gym in the morning knows each other. Ooh. It's like you're in a exclusive club and everyone's saying hi to everyone else, but no one says hi to you. Speaking of saying hi, let's bring in our very special guest. He's a, um, he's, I'd say if we had, uh, if we were excluded from a Mount Rushmore style mountain carving and it was only of guests, he, I'd say he'd probably be the first one up there. Um, unless Justin is included. Well, whatever. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, (laughs) please welcome back to the show. Adam. Hi. How are you? Adam Costa, Mr. Realtor. <laughs> I am doing great. Thank you very much for asking. I am also an average sized man in terms of height. Yeah. In my own head, I'm seven foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my blood pressure is 124 over 81. Last it was checked by my sister because she does that when you go to get your teeth cleaned. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot to mention that I am a, above average in height. Yes. Uh, I had the thing happen to me over the weekend where I said what I think my height is, and then other people got angry with me and said, you're not that tall, you're taller. I oh. said I'm 6'2", and they're like, you're not 6'2", you're 6'3". Oh, I sold you short. You tried to sell yourself short. I'd say you're 6'2". Yeah, I, I've always said I'm 6'2". Are you, though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get that hammered out. Um, I had to stand back to back with somebody else who was also moderately tall. And they're like, well, <sighs> you're taller than him. And he says he's 6'2". So you have to be 6'3". I'm like, well, maybe that guy's lying. Right. Why are you the liar? Did you did your guys' uh, butts touch? Yes. That's lucky guy. Yep. Adam, you're disappearing. You're fucking melting. Your clothes don't fit anymore. You're going to have to get a new wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Which is not a bad thing. You got the dough. I've been, you know upgrading through some nice new stuff that might fit a little better we went to the outlets uh, a couple of weeks ago it was a rainy day which so we ones atlantic city oh, oh wow okay yeah. so we went there i like to wear polo shirts so i went to the uh nautica one i like their shirts the best uh-huh. and we closed the place i got one of every color uh, there you go yeah so i am uh down 26 pounds since God i started bless so God bless. thank you harry i got a couple couple away and then i am uh, gonna switch it to weights because i want to be you want to get that cut going. yeah <laughs> i'm like i'll just give it all the fat first and then the gains will look more impressive because i won't be shielded by a layer of blubber it's tough to do try to do 
both at the same time, it can be frustrating. I yeah, know. Yep. Yeah. For me, it's a triangle. It's it's uh, working out, eating right, and not drinking. Mm. I at best I do two. Right. The I guess other. at worst I do none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It drives April freaking crazy because oh April goes to this really fancy gym. Sorry, Harry. No, you're good. Called uh, Orange Theory. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know high intensity workouts, splat points, and I just eat bacon and get thinner. And yeah, she's yeah. like, how, "How are you doing this?" Right, right, right. But you know, teach their own. And she's a fucking athlete. Yeah, April is uh, like a total gym. I mean, rat. there's yeah. a lot of different ways to be healthy and lose weight. Yeah, she's yeah. got a resting heart rate of like. 51 or something right. insane like that. Right. Yeah. I just do blow all the time. Right. That's I'm it. never hungry. Like I said, that's one of the strategies. <laughs> uh, if my father's listening, I'd like to give a shout out to him as well. He um, recently got his, uh, you know, got serious about losing weight. He's down fucking 27 pounds. Wow. Good for uh, no longer pre diabetic. He's working hard and uh, it's paying off. What's Very that? proud of my father. What's he been doing? He's doing like uh, uh, kind of keto, kind of intermittent fasting a little bit. Yeah, I do um, that's great. I've heard of really, intermittent fasting. That's literally just you don't eat for eight hours? It's like you have a window. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, uh, so you eat between like 12 and 6, and that's it. That's right. it. It's like basically you build towards a large dinner, basically, right? Yep. That's, or yep, or that's you build your day around one I one feel like I in, in the past I used to... Uh, do that by accident yeah yeah i would i would always consistently not eat breakfast right but the problem would be uh i would get insanely hungry at like lunchtime and then just eat like 10 pounds of mozzarella sticks or something i'll tell you what the secret is but the reason that i like to do fasting you do fasting is because you go through something called autophagy where your body will because it's hungry it'll eat your weaker it'll eat the fat right Mm, that's what i want um but i'll tell you what the secret's been for me is uh if you don't follow Thomas DeLauer on YouTube, um, I highly recommend it because he's a great resource. Okay. And uh, I started learning about like gut health and, yeah. and things like that. So every morning I start my morning, I drink um, apple cider vinegar with a cayenne in it. I take the pills. Yeah. It's, it's a, Is that much worse? Uh, I don't know if it's much worse. I don't know if it's as effective. So I do right. that. and Because that shit to me is, is gross. horrid. Yeah. This... <laughs> The smell of apple cider vinegar makes my skin crawl. What's that? D E L. Uh, Thomas D. Lauer. D E L A U E R. I oh. think is his name. Okay, I got that wrong in my head. And he writes for Stormfront. Just <laughs> <laughs> He's just a great resource for nutrition. Like I, you know, I, you know how I am—a total nerd. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, I want green grass. And all of a sudden, I'm a chemist. Yeah. So I'm yeah, the same way about everything else. So yeah. I'm like, I want to lose weight. Let me learn everything about it. Yeah, yeah. And he's just been a—he's a really fantastic resource. And uh, the gimmick for you to get anything done is to find the hook that gets you. In, sets my soul in, on fire. Yeah. Because yeah. then you'll—you uh, won't give up. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I'm like a bloodhound. Right, <laughs> I won't right. stop. Um. Speaking of, you finally, after a very long time, are you all right over there? Is yeah, my beer, my beer, not, <laughs> my beer's not. I'm just. I don't want my beer to spill. It's spilling on your table. I feel bad. Oh, it's fine. Okay. We got this tablecloth for a reason. All right. You finally read and returned a classic novel, uh, one of my favorites, one of Harrison's favorites. Interested to see how you felt about it. Yeah. Of, of course, the Michael Crichton classic. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Well, let me start by saying I uh, am very grateful to you, Harry, not only for lending it to me, but for being so patient. And, yeah. you know, you look at a 400-page book, and it's like, that's a 400-page book. I really got to knock that out. And, you know, 
you can't slouch on your reading, gang. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was I was like, every, I just got up every morning a half hour earlier, and then I would just read for that half hour, and I read kind of fast, so I was just chopping through it really quickly. So I appreciate uh, your patience with me, me borrowing it. Uh, real quick, just as like an umbrella comment, Michael Crichton has one of the easiest to read styles I've ever read in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. You can just burn through these books. Yeah, you can you can rip through them. Yeah. And so that's that's what I ended up doing, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's better than the movie, you know what I mean? That, that I think Truly. It goes, I think it goes without saying. And that's and then Jurassic and, Park is not a shitty movie. No, it's a great movie. It's yeah. just that's the testament to how good the book is. I mean, if you've never read the book, let me just say this straight up front. The best moments from the first three movies come from the first book. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I didn't realize that there's a lot of... Um, uh, joint activity in that one book from all three of the because I saw the movies as a kid, right? Yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was beautifully written. Um, you know, I don't read a lot of fiction to be honest with mm-hmm. you. So when I do, it, it's like my brain gets well, to you would, relax. I bet you love this because Michael Crichton's style is that he did a lot of research before writing about whatever scientific topic he was folding into his fiction books. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this book's about genetic engineering. The next book, The Lost World Jurassic Park, is about uh, biological evolution and brain diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, Airframe's all about air traffic. Like, yeah. that's, that's like a real thing. He did a book that's like Jurassic Park. He has a lot of books that are either, like, very similar to Jurassic Park. Like, the, the, movie, the book Prey is all about scientists creating nanobots that then become predators. That was really good. I and read so that like it's the days. same thing. It's like a bunch of scientists go to a, re- a remote um, laboratory in the desert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They discover that some crazy person, crazy scientist, made nanobots. And then shit starts going wrong. Right. The nanobots start eating people. Sphere, Sphere. Uh, same thing underwater. Yeah, and uh, like he did a lot of research about like life underwater and like how the, the science of being that far deep in the ocean. I did appreciate that. That my favorite things were kind of nuanced and uh, um, a couple examples. First of all, I found the end of many character arcs and the book itself to be a lot more satisfying, believe it or not, than the movie. You get yeah. a lot. You get a lot better degree of closure. Mm-hmm. I was able. I appreciated Spielberg's casting mm-hmm. because of the descriptions that are given in the book. You kind of make them up in your head. You can't mm-hmm. help but overlay them to what you saw in a movie, but yeah, at yeah. the same time, I could still visualize it. Yeah, uh, I like the little subtle changes that uh, could be made. And um, the book was written in 1990. So uh, it's either 89 or 90. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the copyright date, somewhere in that yeah, neighborhood. Right. And they make a lot of predictions about the future, mm-hmm. and I'm living what they would what was the future to them and it's like wow you were really spot on even things like language Mm -hmm. and behavior um so so the tricky thing with Crichton is that he was obviously a really brilliant guy did a lot of research he was a real doctor i mean he invented the show er yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it says in the before uh, um really smart guy did a lot of research and the thing is, you still kind of have to remember that it is fiction, even though he gets a lot right. Yes. Because mm. later in his life, he unfortunately did a book that was very critical of climate change. And you could like um, really like roast him for that. Okay. He got a, he, that was actually his book where he did the most research, I think, and like uh, even presented like actual real tables and stats and figures. But he's wrong. Like he was basically saying that climate change isn't a problem. And it's like really like oh this is Michael Crichton film like oh how did you get that wrong there, yeah there it's it's a shame when like someone you like either like a performer or a, a, an author someone that's you know uh, an expert in their field does something so cringeworthy like, yeah I have a excuse me there's a gentleman I it's kind of on the same vein there's a guy I follow pretty closely he's an he's an economist he's a libertarian economist and I just really enjoy his work and when you 
buy his books, he signs them all. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I want that. Mm -hmm. So I ordered his book from him because I wanted his signature. And he has podcasts, you know, and he's he's an acquired taste. Trust me when I tell you, he's not for everybody. (laughs) Um, But like the last couple of his podcasts, I'm listening. I'm like, stop, man. (laughs) Just stick to, you know, economics. Stop talking. Stay in your wheelhouse. Uh, If you're going to be an expert in something, don't use it as a bully pulpit for shit that's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to your point, it's a shame when someone that you really appreciate and follow and kind of look up to does something so silly. Yeah, yeah. I, only, I, I, I hate to yeah. be negative because I love him so much, but I brought that up because that was, accountable. it was his last, like, really, he did one more book after that, and then he passed away. Did but he die young? Like He died at, like, early 60s, okay. so that's pretty young. It's, it's uh, young fun fact, today, he, sure. he died the day Obama was inaugurated. Oh, so really? Yeah. 2009. Yeah, yeah. It was either the day he Obama was voted in or his inauguration. He killed okay. himself. Yeah. He couldn't hate take, <laughs> take He's no. a climate denier, so he's fuck you and your leftist. <laughs> I hate that uh I hate that I turn things negative a lot, but um so Michael Crane, I would say Jurassic Park, you absolutely have to read it. If you like Jurassic Park, I would recommend reading The Lost World. If Jurassic Park's a five out of five, The Lost World's like four point five out of five. Okay, mm. it's very much um, it's very much what you've already read. What's different is that he gets a little bit more graphic with the violence and his sort of sciencey stuff that he talks about. I just really enjoy because it's it's kind of out there. Mm. It makes sense, but it's out there. It's all about like evolutionary biology, and it's all about the evolution of a clone species and yeah. like how destructive that could be. Yeah, my my final thought on it is. <clears throat> if you think about the time, so put yourself in 1993 because that's when the movie came out, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, Newman or Wayne Knight is his Christian name was the perfect casting for Dennis Nedry. If yes. you read the book, yeah. like yes. perfect. Yeah. So I, I, I really appreciated the uh, the work that was done. Yeah. Uh, really good. Mike, do you have anything else to add? Uh, he also wrote a bunch of like pulp crime novels when he was in school mm-hmm. under uh, under a pseudonym i've read some of them they're also fun but yeah. much none of the uh sciencey stuff but it's like his easy to read style in a different in a different uh sphere and it's also fun he's oh, great i should also mention that uh, michael crane uh, wrote and directed the movie westworld which is now the tv show westworld Did you oh, okay. see that movie i've never seen i have movie. it's kind of goofy i mean it's the 70s about robots and stuff like that, but it's it's pretty good. I could see why they would want to update it. Um, so two more, like, let me pivot this in. Um, one, I, I told the Pop Battle guys that I used to have, like, a lot of information in my head about Terminator movies, mm. and that was kind of a lie. What I have is a lot of information in my head about Jurassic Park movies mm. and this whole series and the franchise. Uh, so let me pivot and say, last night I watched the new Jurassic World movie. Okay. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Not great. I thought it was better than Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is how in Jurassic World and Jurassic World 2, henceforth I will be calling it Fallen Kingdom, uh, how many little moments and shots are cribbed from all the other movies. Mm. Like, just the framing of the shot, the the props, like the things like that, the, the, the context, it's, like, it's all just like these little moments. And the reason I liked Fallen Kingdom more is because it was less over your head with it like in Jurassic World and Jurassic World it was like remember the first movie grabbing you by the shirt collars right and this one was a lot more subtle like uh, there was a moment where uh, one of the characters enters an open field and I'm like that's exactly like in Jurassic Park 3 when they enter the open field with the raptor nest mm. and I was like there's another shot where they're wa- running through the long grass and I'm like to the TV don't go through the long grass get out of that long grass you fucking moron there was a really there was a the most over the head moment was when um uh, Chris Pratt's character 
stumbles upon the original the jeep that fell out of the tree in the first movie oh that's fun yeah oh. it, it was the green it was the green suv yeah, and ford explorer it had the jurassic park instead of jurassic world logo i was like oh that's kind of fun i mean i think if they made the park again they would have found that and taken it out but they were so they were on the uh so what's goofy about these two new movies isla nubar or isla, whatever yeah yeah what's goofy about the two new movies is that they've openly said they're ignoring the events of jurassic park two and three they basically said now the lore is that Jurassic Park was a park. There was a disaster there where a bunch of people got killed. And then something, something, yada, yada, yada happened. Now it's called Jurassic World and it's been open for like a while. Well, you figure you got 25. For, well, real quick, I, I said final thought, but I lied, I guess. No, the we're book, not over this conversation. The, 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 the book, is, I love the product placement in the book. It's just subtle enough that you can appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it just it really cracked me up that there was so much aggressive product placement in the book. Itself. I don't remember. Like, what, like. Uh, so the Muldoon, the hunter character, finds the aftermath of the T Rex attack. Sees Tim's watch and you and the Michael Green says it was a Casio watch. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They drink okay, coke. Okay. Yeah, they have okay. they have Land Cruisers, right, which were right. a very popular vehicle at the time. Ford Explorers. Yeah, right. yeah. I just okay, I, okay. I, just, I just I just thought it was it was fun. I mean, the supercomputers they have are cra- called Cray computers, and that's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, when I was in San Francisco last year, I went to a museum that was the Computer History Museum, and they had the Cray supercomputers there, and I was like, holy shit, mm. that's what Crichton was writing about. That's cool. Yeah, it really was, it really was cool. Uh, okay, <laughs> one more thought. This is this. Read the book because everybody knows the shitty, uh, ne- uh, nebbish, impish lawyer character who gets his eaten in the movie. In the book, he's completely different. And it's kind of a badass. Yeah, very and true. it's really interesting how um, Spielberg and uh, the screenwriters sort of combine some characters to create the uh, evil lawyer that we know and love who got eaten while in the toilet. It's true. Yeah. I used to get in arguments with kids, one kid in particular, who's now an officer of the law, so I'm not going to push it, but he'd be like, he was, he was, I was like, he ran into the bathroom because he was trying to hide. Yeah. And he was like, no, he ran into the bathroom. He was shitting. I was like, he wasn't, there was a T-Rex right behind him. He didn't pull down his pants to take a shit. No. He also got into a huge argument with me over uh, the uh, the shirt style of tank top. So fuck him. Uh, so let me transition um, away from uh, that movie and book, which were very correct about the terminology of technology. And tell a quick story. I was we were at the beach. We were watching a television show called criminal minds okay have you ever seen this uh, i've heard of it sucks no. sucks sucks it's one of those tv shows that is like been on for years and years and years and you don't realize it yeah it's like it's like a procedural every episode is basically the same it was on in a gigantic block but in this one in particular this one particular episode uh there's a storyline uh re- involving a kid uh, like a high school kid who would kill, revenge kill people, and then upload MPEGs to the high school website so everyone would see. Okay? Okay. So they kept talking about, oh no, he just uploaded another MPEG. And they're like, oh, let's watch this MPEG that he just uploaded. And the whole time, just like, just fucking say video. Yeah, Nobody yeah. literally says MPEG. MPEG was a file format that was only popular for like two years right and it's a fucking video 
Like, uh, he just uploaded another MPEG. Shut the fuck up, Joe Montana, you idiot. It's just like, it was so... And that show's not that old. Right. It's just very... Poorly written, sounds like. Oh, it's... It is not a good show. Yeah. I, I it, bet those types of shows succeed because they're all the same and then they can sell it to like TNT who can then air it in a block. It's like Criminal Minds. It's like NCIS, yeah. CSI Miami, CSI New Orleans, mm-hmm. original CSI, CSI New York with, of course, Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. And then Peg is like from the wild, wild west of like early internet video, like E-Bombs World, where yeah. like every website had its own dedicated player and you had to like download the yeah. like download the real player to watch our video. Like, fuck. Or you click on download it. Sho- uh, download Shockwave to like watch this video. Right, right. Or you just click on it and hope one of the... F- Either Windows Media Player or fucking Real Player. I forgot all about Real, Real player. player. Yeah, one of them just pops up and the yeah. video starts to play because yeah, you don't know what the out. fuck you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have to have like 15 different video players. Like you have the Real Player, uh, the Shockwave, QuickTime, QuickTime. Oh my god, QuickTime messed update again. Give me a break. And I was uh, so we were at the beach and. Uh, Tammy's parents just bought a real nice kayak, a two-person kayak. It's like nicer than my car. And uh, so we took it out on the bay. We were fucking paddling around. It was all good. And then we went around from the boat slip, went along the shoreline. And then um, Tammy's house, parents' house is right like 20 paces away from the bay. So she got out. She had to use the restroom. Went up the stairs and I was just paddling around. And Tammy's dad had, um, he just got a new drone. It's like a real nice drone. It's got a super nice camera. Got all these features, and he's like flying it around, and I'm paddling, and he's like testing it out. And it's like, oh, let me uh, see if I can take a video, or whatever. So he's flying this drone, and I'm looking up at it, and I can hear it. The sound drones make is unsettling. Yeah, it's, it's creepy. So I'm paddling, and then uh, the I go underneath the drone, and it's behind me, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden I hear uh, I hear it getting louder and louder and louder. And then it's like, oh, my God. So then I fucking duck, and this drone, like, buzzes my head, right? <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. And then her, uh, her dad looks up and is like, whoa, and then, like, fucking yanks the thing up. So then this drone is, like, eye level with me, like, darting around. I'm like, what the fuck's going on, man? And he's like, he's like, I don't know. I just... Uh, like a, a square came up over your face, so I hit enter. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't really see. So whatever he did, it was targeting. Made you? this fucking thing dive bomb the shit out of me, and like if I didn't duck, it, it might have fractured my fucking skull. Like because yeah. it was hauling ass. Is it big? It's like uh, the size of a pizza box. It's like one of those. It's got the four prongs. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then it's like quadcopter. Yeah, it's like maybe. It's smaller than a football, but it's 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 solid. It has yeah. like a fucking metal camera attachment. I would have been concussed at least. Yeah, at a minimum. And it was like it was very unsettling and it's like uh it made me just think like I don't want these things flying like I don't want these everywhere mm-hmm. at all. I don't want like a bunch of these fuckers carrying packages, you know what I mean? Yeah. Keep, like they're fun and cool and you can take cool videos, but like they're just just very unsettling. The yeah. way they move is just like, ugh, they're like, 
like re- real dirty, like, like fucking like easy. Like a, the the concept of drone delivery, I think, makes sense in rural areas for sure, but not in like sure. a cityscape. No, it's like first no, of all, people are going to be knocking them down and stealing. Oh them yeah, in a city. Yeah. A Can you imagine somebody like sees an Amazon package that looks kind of big and then they just like pelt it with rocks or like hit it with like, a brew? Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. just stole your package. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's not actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, the river and water and bay, uh, I was down in Elkton, Maryland, visiting my stepmom. Maryland. And, um, the neighbors had a crab feast party. Yeah. And I got sent home with a pound and a half of hand-picked crab meat. He sent me a picture. It looked delicious. Uh, I did not send you a picture of the final product, though. Ah. What you do with these crabs? Oh, I just made some crab cakes. <sighs> oh, wow. That's a good-looking crab cake, look man. fucking good. So, brother. hold on, Mike. Let me show you. It was a pound and a half of crab meat. I love it. And now I make crab meat or crab cakes rather the way I make meatballs. It's basically the same, but never exactly the same. Okay. Right. I don't have a strict recipe I follow. I just sort of like eyeball. What would you do for that? So that was um, two eggs. Okay. About a table or two tablespoons of mayonnaise. Okay. I just did like a big scoop. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else did I do? I'm blanking. Oh. Um. So half an onion, two shallots. Okay. One whole red bell pepper. Okay. Uh, now the vegetables were all sauteed first. Sure. Uh, salt, pepper, and then um, the breadcrumbs was you know those like blue style like the um, breadcrumb yeah. jars. The, the yeah, blue yeah, yeah, cylinder. Yeah. yeah, the cylinder. That's what I was looking for. Uh, about half of that, maybe. Yeah, about half of it, really. Yeah. Okay. It was a little bit breadier than I wanted, but it was really good. And yeah. I completely forgot Old Bay, and it's like it doesn't need it. Wow. I go hog wild with the mayonnaise. My yeah. stuff looks like a snow cone. It's in the sun. <laughs> yeah. I go nuts with the well, mayonnaise. Well, see, like, mine, like, I didn't want to add two eggs. I just sort of, like, absentmindedly added two eggs. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll back off a little bit on the mayonnaise. They look great. And then I added the breadcrumbs, and I, I mixed it all up, and I thought, these might not stick together. So then I uh, added more breadcrumbs, and I, I mixed it all up, and I was like, well, oops, I added too many. Fried them up. They were still delicious. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I want some. And that yielded about like so for a pound and a half crab meat. That then all the stuff I added, it yielded like fourteen crab cakes. Yeah, because I made them pretty big. I like my crab cakes bigger. Like, yeah, I like heartier. A, I like a big one. Yeah, like a big hearty one. Yeah, yeah me too. For sure. I Took some. Uh, There's some New York strips were on sale at the market. Oh yeah. So I grabbed four of them, brought them down the beach, grilled them up. A lot of fat in that cut. Along the top, yeah, you'll get a, like a big fat cap up top. Yeah, you yeah. not like fatty beef? Uh, I just like a fucking filet mignon. Oh, okay, you like the lean stuff. I like a ribeye. I uh, like the really fatty shit. I don't know if I've had a ribeye recently. That's my favorite. April doesn't like the really fatty meat either. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of steak, to be honest. Well, it's got to be good. You know what <laughs> I mean? You can't. I, the other week, I made a pork tenderloin. It was the best pork tenderloin I've ever made. Nice. I have a clay pot at home. So what you do is you soak the top and bottom of the clay pot. Yep. And then it like sort of like the moisture of that sort of like steams and also. Oh, yeah. It keeps everything nice yeah, and keeps, tight. Oh, my God. It, it, so I think a lot of people are scared of pork and they will always cook it too well done. Yeah, it's unnecessary. I, this I, I cooked it. It was the most perfect medium you've ever seen on the nice. pork. Oh, it's delicious. Every single. See, the problem with pork tenderloin is that if it's well done, when you first eat it, it's probably like. Juicy, yeah. Later but on, then shoe leather. When you, yeah, when you, you know, put it in the fridge and you take it out and reheat it, it's toast. It's yeah, Dog it's awful. Yeah. yeah, 
I made some wedding soup on Friday. I, I saw your picture. You made a lot. I did. I did. I, I made it on Friday, and then I took it down the beach Saturday because there was like seven of us. So uh-huh. I was like, just put it on the burner. You guys come up, have some soup if you want. You make that a lot? I make it three or four times a year. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, rainy day or a special occasion. It's expensive to make. Yeah. It's 20, pounds of che- $20 worth of cheese in that alone. Christ. But it's, <laughs> it's fully ketogenic, man. There, it's 100% uh, good to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, So it's like I, I, mm. I ate a bowl of it for lunch today. How I'm much do you charge me for a bowl? Nothing. It's all you want forever. I wouldn't charge you a dime. Good. But it's, yeah, I, um, I love it. It's one of my favorites. It looks... What's that? The Italian wedding, of course. We got the tiny meatballs. That's what I think of first. Yeah. So what I do is I get, I get a whole bird, a whole chicken, uh-huh. like four or five pounds. And, uh, Alive? That, you yeah, yeah, and I cut that off, off yeah. rip the feathers off. All that, pluck them. Uh, drop it in, cold water, <clears throat> carrots, onions, celery, and I make my stock from scratch. So that takes about three hours, and then I'll strain that out mm. and get rid of those vegetables, and then I'll handpick the bird. I make the meatballs from scratch, too. And then what you do is you get a big bowl. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Um, you get like 18 eggs, 20 eggs, whisk them down, then whisk in your cheese, and then I get four boxes of frozen spinach. And then I, after you press all the water out, you mix that concoction together. Take your vegetables that uh, uh, I use onion and celery. I can use a fine dice. And then bring that. Your to- dad once described celery as the most meat-like vegetable. The most meat-like vegetable. That's how I feel about it. That's oh, right. I loathe celery. That's oh, one of my it. least favorite foods. I ate it with peanut butter on it today. I mm. ate it all the time. So I bring it gets, that. It's like you get the floss stringy. too. Yeah. It's watery plant bones. You just mm. you just take a big scoop of that cheesy eggy mix and just slowly lower it in, and it creates these like vines basically mm. of uh oh, egg vegetable like curdles yeah well, it cooks the egg yeah holds yeah. everything together and my god it's my absolute favorite soup sounds great uh, I, I just the smell of it reminds me of my childhood it's nice uh, what's that would your mom make it uh actually my grandfather my dad's side would make it for every christmas and there's always debate over who makes the best me my dad my mother or my sister because everybody is prefer- everyone makes it yeah, everyone's very proficient in the soup at this time. Your dad's That's... dad is uh, Portuguese. He is, yeah, he's from Portugal. What's he doing making Italian soup? Uh, well, he, I should, his mother, uh, uh, Grandma Rapicelli, she was from Italy. That's it. And then Papa Costa, he was from Portugal. So he actually sailed here from Portugal. Italian and Portuguese. That's a good looking mix. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could hold so it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wish I could carry it forward. <laughs> uh, Warren was going to be here. He had to, he was called away, and uh, he's he's got an Italian last name, so it's going to make some spaghetti style jokes <laughs> at his expense. But fortunately, he's not here to defend himself, so I won't. Uh, I remember an ex girlfriend of mine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a very Irish, not from Ireland, but one of those American Irish that are like super into being American Irish grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when she found out my last name was of Italian descent, she you was welcome. horrified. Yeah, you can't I let mean, them in. Luckily, it was. Um, it came towards the end of. Uh, you know, I I charmed her. And then she found out my last name, so then it was jokingly. She was like, oh, an Italian. But I was like, you know, 
I wasn't in there like, hey, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> up from the Bronx, so you know. But those are my people. It's my uh, ancestral heritage, my birthright. Yeah, I saw. So speaking of that, I. I had a weak moment. I had a few beers down the beach and my dog was there and Sabrina's like, you really should order the test to find out what kind of dog he actually is. And I was like, here my phone. I was like, fuck it. Just order it. Ah. So I got the kit and you swab the inside of their cheek and yeah. nail it back. And it takes a, like a couple weeks from the process it, but I'm going to get a full report. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to know. He's getting old. It's time to know these things. Yeah. I've always been curious. I think he's a lab mix. I think he's a Labrador <laughs> or Rottweiler. That's my guess. Oh, yeah. He looks like that. I saw him play with another Rottweiler, and I was like, ah, you guys really look alike. Hmm. I want to do that 23andMe gimmick. Uh, do you know anyone that's done that? Is that shit? when you spit in the thing? There's yeah, it's two. like they sell it at Target, right? My it's like a hundred bucks. My stepsisters this, did it, and they and yeah. you find out like there's um I don't know what you find out. Well, real quick to your point, uh, my mom did that for her little um dog that looks like a fox. Yeah, that's a mutt. Yeah, came back. It's like a really deep. I think you're really going to appreciate how detailed this report is. I'm sure. I hope I will. It's like pages upon pages. There's charts and graphs. That's what I want. I love charts maps. And graphs. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the genetic thing. Isn't there like two of them? There's one where you spin in it, and there's another one where you do the swab, and they give you different like information. Yeah. I believe that the one where you spit is what actually breaks down your heritage and like nationalities the one with the swab i think sort of generally like medical generally locates where from the world like your ancestors came from yeah so like and i'm talking like you know thousands upon yeah. thousands of years ago the so in caves and a shit. family member of mine did the Excuse mouth me. swab one and they were like oh our family originally it originated from like this tribe of ne- like whatever neanderthals or whatever in like central europe yeah, that's cool. Whereas the twenty three mean ones, like you're fifty percent Italian, you're twenty three percent French, and stuff like that. Right, right, right. I know what. Of... Like there's like six or eight different pockets of where humanity like started, roughly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously everything started from Africa, but like generally speaking, how like, dare you? Right. Nomadic <laughs> tribes. I know, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know. You think they were like, oh, shit, I think Pangea is drifting apart. I hope, yeah. we, I hope we don't get stuck here. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> uh, that looks like Asia over there now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think some of them will be like, you have a very high chance of going bald and stuff like that. I don't know which one that is. I think that's the spit one, 23 and me. I'll do them both. I got, I got money to burn. I just got approved for a credit card. I'm oh, God. Kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, let's take a quick break, huh? You guys cool with that? Break yeah. sounds good. We'll be right back, folks. Um, and then we're going to do some stuff after that. What the fuck's going on? Someone's been messing with my settings. I didn't even notice you have the recorder back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I should have realized when you said, don't bring your laptop. I didn't say that. You didn't even ask. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's up, gang? It's me, host of the show. Mike. Some people call me Michael. That's the full version of Mike. Did you know that? Uh, Something I forgot to bring back up that I brought up on the lost second half of the episode a few weeks ago is that I um, 
for the first time in several years, am back to playing roller hockey. Way long time ago, I was playing. Um, I probably talked about it on the show in the early days, uh, and then I stepped away for for a while. And now I'm back. The difference between last time and this time is last time I was a fat piece of shit, and now I'm a person that does exercise regularly, and I have a much better attitude this time, uh, more about having fun, less about just being afraid of fucking up all the time because I'm so out of shape and bad. Uh, So first game was today, Sunday, and... um, your boys, the Fupus, the black and gold attack, one for nothing. Yes, we did it. It was a good game. Uh, a lot of skating. You know, I wanted to get, make it through this game. I wanted to get a good sweat. I got a fucking great sweat. I sweat my ass off, and I didn't want to drop dead, and I didn't. I was tired. Believe me. But... I was able to power through because I exercise regularly. Now, there's a huge difference between working out at the gym and skating, obviously. But, you know, getting there. We had a great game. We won 4 nothing. Team was good. Energy was good. We were clicking on all cylinders. Shout out to my coach, Dave. Thanks for asking me to come back. I'm glad to be back on the team, playing team sports. Currently sitting... Uh, In my home office, I got an ice pack on both knees and on both feet because I am in quite a bit of pain, but it's to be expected. You got to ice up. You got to fight inflammation before it starts. So I just had a protein drink. Just kidding. I'm looking at it. I'm dreading drinking it because it's nasty-ass protein that tastes like burnt hair, but I spent too much money on it, so I'm going to finish the gigantic jug. But... First check-in, first hockey report of the season. We are 1-0, and big 1-0. and Our goalie, Chucky, Chuck, Charlie, I heard many different names for him. He was our goalie before. He has a 0.00 goals against average. He's a champ. He's the man. And uh, I had no goals. I was on the ice. Ice. It was not ice. It was. I was on the, uh, f- the floor for um, maybe none of them. But I, was on, I wasn't on the ice for any goals against. I didn't make any egregious errors leading to other goals. Played solid hockey. Hockey check-in over. Thanks, gang. I uh, hope you enjoy the second half of this episode. I, I definitely really enjoyed recording it. Um, I need to get off of here because I need to go to sleep because I did not sleep last night. I got home from work, was so charged up, so excited to play hockey that I couldn't get to sleep. Um, So I went right to the game, played hard, sweat. I mean, I sweat a lot, felt good. Now I'm home. Now I'm tired as dog dick, and if I... Get this podcast in the can and upload it in the next four minutes. I could get solid eight hours of sleep before I go back to work. But we know that's not going to happen. So I'm hoping for seven, gang. Anyway, hope you have a great week. Enjoy the second half. Thanks so much to Adam. Uh, Stick around for the end of the episode. Adam's going to give some plugs. Of course, you hear his plugs on the show all the time. Please support Adam. I can tell you firsthand that Adam is helping me uh, get out of a financial hole that I put myself into. And um, he's good. He's great. He's straightforward, and he'll fight for you. So, Adam, 
support Adam. We love him. M-R-R-E-E-L-T-O-R, Mr. Realtor on Instagram. Adam Castle on Facebook. And we love you, gang, and we'll we'll see you later. Bye. Thugs Podcast episode 213. Where would today be? Today's uh, the 6th of September. Today's the 6th. This comes out the 10th. 10th. Someone's got a birthday coming up. Hi yo. Yeah, next next Thursday is my birthday. God bless. Going to see Joe Rogan. Are you? Yeah. Where's he at the tower? Yeah, I've never been to a live anything. So this will be my first one on my 32nd birthday. And there you go. I want to see someone who I look up to quite a bit, actually. And you'll love it. You'll love it. You'll be in Upper Darby. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the 32 Club. Thank you. Club 32. Is that. You're a sock and wrench. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus' age when he was killed, right? Yeah, I thought he was 33. So I'm done. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, oh, yeah. One year left, gang. Yep. <laughs> one year left. <laughs> Turning it in. That, of course, was Vampire Weekend, who... Okay, so Vampire Weekend is like one of... Uh, uh, so it's like Tammy and I discovered them together when we were together and then got super into them. So it's like a, one of our bands, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not saying like there's some indie ass band no one knows. They're very popular, but whatever. Right. So they have three albums out and a fourth one that's complete, that's yet to be released. They were on a summer, um, uh, a summer, what's it called? Festival circuit, right? Yep. They talked about this album. And so I think any day now, because now it's like they don't say this album's coming out on this date everyone go buy it because no one buys albums anymore right so everything is a surprise drop now so i feel like any day now this autumn uh we're gonna get that fourth long-awaited vampire weekend record and we can't wait that's one of those things like we we were like when they announced the tour we're buying tickets right away it doesn't you know, we'll spend whatever amount because it's worth it to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So very yeah. excited. I love Vampire Weekend. Let's get into the second half activities. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> I, was, I was so intently listening to you talk about Vampire Weekend, which is a band that sort of passed me by. It was very popular when I was in school. Mm. But of course, I don't listen to music. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every single week, we reach out to our wonderful fan base. We post a question. You guys and gals respond in kind. And this is the segment of the show where we read back your answers and talk about the question of the week. But in order to kick off that segment, we have to reach into the mailbag, pull out a song, 
This week's song goes a little bit like, I want to send mail, I want to send mail, I want to send mail right into the show. She never wrote me, she never wrote me, she never wrote me. Why should anyone come here, come here, come here? I'll read your fan for you. Hey now, hey now. Thank you, Harrison. What's do we, the, uh, do we know what that song was? I don't. Uh, she... I know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. That it's would like, be the Vines. The Vines from that early aughts era of garage rock. The Vines, <laughs> the Strokes. Aughts. Mm-hmm. I love the Strokes. Yeah. Uh, this week's question is: Have you ever donated to a Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or GoFundMe? Mm, interesting. Uh, you can answer these questions on, of course, our different social media websites, including Facebook at, I mean, not at slash Doom thugs podcast justin unruh former guest great guy great guy uh i donate to this is rude michael antonelli calf implant gofundme how dare you (laughs) i am all natural baby Uh, megan says megan diagidio says kickstarter towards opening the roxy theater in philadelphia GoFundMe for people's medical or funeral expenses. And I know Warren backed Super Troopers 2 on Kickstarter along with other podcasts. Oh, you gave money to other podcasts. Hmm. Oh, Hmm. fucking son of a bitch. You're lucky you're not here. Instagram.com at Doomthugs. Ian says, independent comic book publishers, amateur boxers, and anyone needing a buck to get by. Rachel says, go fund me for doggies in need. And the produce podcast, a good guy named George, says yes. And he said, at Tater Tats, which um, looks like... It's a uh, espresso. Uh, they sell temporary tattoos. Ten percent of all sales go to sustainable farms. That's fun. there you go. That's cool. And that was the gimmick that they were temporary temporary tattoos made from like all natural ingredients, like that way. Or we ex- am I misreading? We express our love of veggies with temporary tattoos. Okay, I misread that one. I think they. I don't think they make veggie vegetable. Based, based tattoos. tattoos. No, they make tattoos of, of vegetables, vegetables. There we go. to get the word out. Like, hey, vegetables are cool too. You know, right? Not just candy. So that's cool. What about you guys? Uh so I've donated to like a bunch of um, things where it's like a charity or you know an organization where you're not necessarily like uh, receiving a product in return for your donation. But I have donated to two Kickstarters, and they have still yet to deliver the product they promised. Mm. How how long ago? uh, Both of these are over a year ago. Adam, do we have, uh, can we sue these motherfuckers? We'll get them. So the one was a filmmaker saying, hey, I'm going to make a zine all about filmmaking. Love a zine. I do too. What's a zine? Uh, So it's like a really like low quality um, DIY DIY magazine where it's usually like a like maybe two, three, four pieces of paper folded in a way that makes it into a magazine, all okay. hand drawn. Like, oh, okay, like, yeah. So he's like, "I'm going to make a zine about filmmaking." I was like, "That's pretty cool." Uh, and this particular producer who was who was uh, ran a Kickstarter for it has happened to have made some really awesome movies I love in the past five years. 
So I was like, all right, I'll give you some money. I want to see a zine out of you. Still haven't gotten it. The other is a video game. And now, if you don't know, a lot of independent video game uh, companies run Kickstarters and Indiegogos to fund their productions because video games are very expensive. Mm -hmm. So this video game I donated to, I wanted to donate because the idea was just outrageous. And I, I loved the idea. And I'm really disappointed that I haven't seen a product yet. So basically the idea is that it's a video game about you as the player in like the 1990s and you're doing a dating service where like you remember those old dating services where people record themselves and then you get a VHS yes and like their contact yes. so it's that except it's satirical about how conservatives are all up in arms like if you allow gay marriage then you can like marry horses and shit I so wish. in this dating game you can marry or date whoever you want mm-hmm. nice like horses like people like whatever robots and then the other gimmick on top of that is that the whole game is presented in an FMV style uh, full motion video, which is a style of video game that was very popular in the early 90s. Uh, Night Trap is an example where it would be real video and then like you would press a button and then certain things would happen. Okay. And it's got this like really cool retro like look to it where like there's scan lines and it's like very low resolution, but it's actual video. Mm-hmm. It's like cool. there's all those different gimmicks and like whatnot put together. I was like, this sounds like a really fun video game. Mm hmm hasn't come out yet mm. and what's your what do you what do you get for that one do you get a copy of the game yeah okay. I, well i would get it digitally um just because that's how games are these days and, mm-hmm. you know but uh i would get the game for that like i paid it i paid at the tier where it's like you you get the game right it, it, was, it wasn't that expensive it was, now I, are they sending you do i have either of these people been because i know sometimes they'll send some kickstarters whatever they'll send you updates like this so is where we're at the reason why i asked this question this week is because the video game kickstarter finally sent an update being like sorry gang we're still not done but sorry <laughs> that's it and then the well, filmmaker uh just is a ghost yeah yeah hmm I uh, were you done? I'm done. I'm done. I but like I I feel fine when I donate to like a heart disease charity or like whatever. That's like you're giving money to a good organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like in the instance of you donate to receive something because they're trying to kickstart a project, I've been burned twice now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I uh I donate to the SPCA. Um, Lucas from the SPCA, so close to my heart. And um. You know, when someone's like, hey, this family needs this or this this kid is in a shitty situation. We're trying to buy him a puppy, that kind of stuff. Sure. Yep. Whatever. Push the button, send the money. Yeah. Um, but I've been we were kind of talking about it off air before the show. I've been getting more interested in this whole Patreon thing because mm-hmm. I follow a lot of people on YouTube who do like instructional ba- like you would pay these people for their level of instruction and they do certain demonstrations on cars, just mechanical type things that I want to see something for me. So I'll, I'll email and be like, how much do you want to give me a presentation or you know, do a presentation on X? Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm thinking about. It's not charity per se, but to me, that's the purest form of employment. It's like that uh, is as pure as it gets. Yeah. Cuts out all the bullshit. Like, yep. I want to pay you for you your value. For your service. That's, yep. And that, ugh. It's like the there's, warmest feeling in the world for me. Yeah. And there's other things like um, Patreon's obviously the first and biggest, kind of like how Kickstarter for a while was the only name in the town. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there's a new one where it's like called Fig, I think, F-I-G. And the gimmick with that is it's um, also associated with video games. And um, the gimmick with that is that if you, I believe if you donate enough, then you start to see a cut of the profits. Oh, oh. wow. So it's like you're almost like a shareholder. Investor. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that, 
I feel like is still in its early stages. Only I only know of one company that's been using that service. That's cloudy. It is that's very yeah. cloudy. It is. I'd have to look through a lot of documents to bless that one. I just only brought up. I like. I still would not ever donate to that. Um, I just brought it up as like a conversation topic. That, yeah, but I mean, like something as simple. I use a car thing. Like mm-hmm. this guy is like, you know, they're building a certain type of motor, or they do like, hey, we're gonna assemble a motor in this format and find out what kind of power it makes. You know, write him an email like. Would you be willing to turn it up to this boost level just to see what it does? Because yeah. I'll, I'll cut you a check just to see that happen. Yeah. So to me, that's I, I enjoy that. So that's something. Uh, so I, the answer is uh, yes. I have donated mm-hmm. to a couple, um, but I'm really interested in paying people directly for the things that they do the best. Yep. I um I've given to GoFundMe's for people's dogs and something like that. Yeah. People need a hand. Uh, I. Did the uh, Patreon gimmick we were talking about earlier for uh, on cinema, uh, where I just did a one-time donation then canceled um, because I couldn't afford. You know what I mean? At yeah, that time, I didn't monthly. have the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done that. I uh, I feel like I've been. Uh, I forget exactly what it was, but I felt like almost guilted into donating one dollar to the production of some sort of documentary or something. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I still get emails about, like, I give a fuck. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, you, I give to the, the Alzheimer's Fund all the time and shit like mm-hmm. that. Sure. Um, and then you always get, like... I remember I used to uh, text donate to a lot of things and then get some form in the mail where I could write off that three cents or five dollars yeah 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 yeah. uh but i like to um as much as i can especially i'm wearing one right now so um support professional wrestlers support anyone i can that i i support what they do by buying their stuff um Mm -hmm. because you know i bought this shirt at hot topic I don't know how much of it. I just feel like uh, I just feel like that's the best you could do for people is support them. Um, it's a very interesting time yeah. to be alive. Adam, let me ask you something. Okay. Um, you chime in too as well, Harrison, how you feel about it. But there's a lot of uh, talk about how... Uh, uh, the we're moving to more of like a gig economy. Yeah, right. Definitely. And um, I recently read part of an article before I fell asleep, uh, <laughs> uh, talking about how it's kind of creating a race to the bottom, if you will, where it's like they have all these sites like Fiverr and all these things where everyone offers a service, but there's so many people offering the service. That everyone is just they dilute each other, undercutting everyone yeah. down yeah. to the lowest common denominator to where uh, to make money, real money from doing your service, you'd have to do it literally all the time for a million different people. Sure. Um, well, I mean, uh, sorry, just to jump in. So that reminded me of like uh, I hear people all the time be like, "Oh, I wish I could be a professional YouTuber. I wish I could play video games on Twitch for a living." It's like those people burn themselves out like within like six months it's to a year. Sustainable. It's not sustainable. Like um, you know, uh, some YouTubers I watch who are not part of a bigger company who are just solo YouTubers are like, "Yeah, every single day I work like 40, 50 hours, right? 60, 70 hours a week, right? Just on YouTube videos." 
Right. And it's like, you know, they're always on, they're always editing or performing for the camera. It's unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're not making any money. Right. Yeah. I have a theory about all that. If I could unpack it a little bit. I mean, I asked. Right. Well, I want to go into it a little deep. So You got two minutes. Okay. (laughs) Start the clock. Um, Um... so here's the deal. So this is my thought on it. And I hi. Hi. <laughs> I get uh, a lot of funny looks when I talk like this, especially in my business. Um, so here's my thought on all that. <clears throat> You're absolutely right in that in the, the undercutting in order to provide the service is going to basically strip away value over time because you, if you're doing anything business-related, you can't sustain a high level of service if your price point keeps falling farther and farther. So that you can basically give away whatever services you're doing. Right. All right. That being said, I'm of the mentality that we're seeing a large shift in the service-based economy in a, in a bunch of different ways. And uh, if you've ever read Sam Walton's book, uh, Made in America. He's what, the guy from Law and Order. Uh, <laughs> he's the guy who uh, created Walmart. Okay. Um, Sam Watterson, I'm thinking of. Uh, it didn't turn into shit until after he died. It should be noted there. Um, <clears throat> died in 92. His whole philosophy oh, was oh, on uh, – he's got a couple quotes that I always stick with me. And the first one is, um, the only boss is the customer, and they can fire whoever they want. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorites for throwing in the faces of bureaucrats out there. And, like, you know, and when I say bureaucrats, I mean people in businesses that are just in the way. Yeah. The, you know, middle management, they're useless, and they just irritate people below them and dissatisfy people above them. Mm-hmm. They're in trouble in my opinion. Yeah. That being said – I think the service-based economy is going to need is, is basically going through kind of an enema of sorts, mm-hmm. and that your goal as one of those people, whether and whether you are in my business, whether or not you were in computer programming, video game, whatever the case might be, where you're a direct-to-consumer service provider, you need to be doing everything in your power to ignore costs, as weird as that sounds, and focus solely on customer experience because we're getting to the point where you got to beat the computer. Forget the other human. Mm. you got to beat the computer. Oh, of course. Because as technology... Continue- Automation is the real problem. Yeah. As con- yeah. If you only have one skill, you are in some serious trouble mm. as automation continues to take over. So here's the thing about all that. Like, I got, you know, I'll use a personal example. I, you know, at my business, which is real estate, you know, everyone has a target on us that we're going to be the next Uber, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, maybe that's true. We'll find out. But What do you mean? Well, the thought process is that real estate agents are going to go out there. We're going the way of the dinosaur because you as a consumer will be able to buy a house you know, direct from your front door the same way you order Domino's pizza oh, or things like that. Oh, just go on Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, and yeah. My, here's my thought on that. Not a chance in hell. All it's right. just not going to happen. Uh, and it's I got, too much bullshit. Exactly. It's too complicated. Yeah. Exactly. And I, got, I was getting pressed by that by someone um, in, in a – not in a formal debate, but we were, I, was, I was teaching a class and he was going over all that. And I, I was trying to be smug. I showed him a picture of one of my customers and I zoomed it on his face and he's got a smile ear to ear. I said, the second Zillow can do this, I'll be afraid. Right. So my point in saying all that is that delivering a higher level of service is what's going to pull people in that direction. Like Domino's pizza does what? They make pizza mm-hmm. period. But they're skyrocketing in terms of market share and people moving in that direction because they're doing other stuff. Oh, push a button. Pizza shows up. Yeah. Tweet at us with a pizza emoji and we'll deliver pizza. We're filling roads. Like, that, yeah, right. You should be focused on a right. higher level of service instead of if you're. I don't worry about undercutting my competition. You guys get into that dogfight. I'll just provide elite service and watch you suffer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the mentality that you should have, I think, in that arena. I agree. Could I just jump in? Please quick? do. I feel like the worry is though. Um, while I'm providing better service, 
I'm also starving because uh, the majority of people, it seems like their gut reaction is to, this is the lowest price. I'm also starving. That's the price I'm going to go with um, because no one has any fucking money, it seems like. Now, yeah. I'm no economist. I, it's not, I'm not an economist enthusiast. Um, but I am. So the, away. Uh, right. So I just want to bring up this point. I feel like there's what's actually happening in the economy and then there's people's perception. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. the example I want to bring up right now is the fact that apparently Barnes and Noble has been killing it for the past couple of years because people are reading still. Yeah. And like the young adult, you know, market, the young adult literature market is like been boom booming for like 10 years. Yes. And so, but I feel like if you talk to the average person, they'll be like, oh, well, bookstores will be gone in like five years. And that doesn't seem like that's going to happen because there's the perception versus the reality. Yes. Yeah. Now, and Barnes so, & Noble might be gone because every single uh, nook they sell is at a loss. Right. But but no, my point is that like bad business. people, like, yeah, are, yeah, people yeah. are still reading print media. Um, something that was brought to my attention the other day is that it's not so much that local newspapers are failing and because people are reading digitally. It's because rich investors are coming in strip mining the assets of the newspaper and then just letting them fail yes whereas like in practice whereas like if they actually like you know kept going with the traditional values of what a newspaper should do their business would still be you know in service they would still be making money You're but right. like but what they're doing is they're just like treating it like a uh like a commodity like, like that a they, dumpster yeah. yeah so like i know um i like uh la is currently going through a um los angeles is currently going through a uh bit of a tiff because um their local newspaper was bought out by investors who were like just bought it like to let it fail yes and a lot of the um writers and stuff i believe just launched a new community driven newspaper where yeah. they're like very transparent and like they you know are like we want to keep going with the values of the local newspaper so that you can be well informed about your community hmm. yeah it, it's um like people like want to use toys r us as an example quite often as far as oh amazon blah blah blah, blah. Mm, you got to yeah. peel a few layers back. If you right. look deep into the Toys R Us history, the people on the board, a lot of people, they just used it as a parking lot for their own private debt. Mm-hmm. And that's right. what really sunk the company. Yes. So it wasn't yes. a question so of demand. Examples like that are why I think, obviously, automation is a huge issue. And the gig economy, like you're saying, like a race to the bomb is a huge issue. But I just wonder if, I, I don't know, like, I'm, I don't know exactly how to end this thought, but I just wonder if there's a disconnect that you need to educate the public about in order so for them to stop panicking as much. It's, it's monstrous. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love economics and I am like a star in a galaxy that goes infinitely. You're never going to see my light, but I try to, I like write art. I put stuff out there all the time, but you're I, I can't me personally. I can't compete with, you know, the New York times, the Washington post, yeah. NBC, ABC, the fucking awful cable news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just telling us how bad everything yeah. is. Yeah. So what I, what I think you're honestly, what I think is that now that everybody has access to everything all the time and yeah. every moment, especially from an information standpoint, like if you, uh, Tony Robbins wrote a book in 86 and he said that information is the commodity of Kings. That's the, that's the, the, the focus point of the book. I've shifted my vantage point the last couple of years to authenticity is the commodity of kings because mm-hmm. there ain't no hiding anymore. Right. right. You can find out anything you want to know about anybody at any point and you can demand to know what their level of service is and how they do it, et cetera, et cetera. So the people that are most authentic and provide the highest level of service in any way, shape or form, like they 
they follow the mantra if you love your customers like you did the first time there'll never be a last time they're going to be fine mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> but these folks that are hollowing out you know inter- enterprises in order for profit profit and personal gain they should be i would be incredulous when i'm listening to their spin on how the economy is going period right it's so difficult to fight that wave it's like walking out into the ocean knowing the truth and every big roller comes in and knocks your ass down you just can't overpower mm-hmm. that degree of volume of horseshit right. right so that's where i think a lot of, and a lot of people they have such a short attention span and they have such a hair trigger attitude towards what would be considered, you know, uh, hostile information or information that doesn't work for them and their life plan that it creates a hysteria that creates what you're talking about. Where yeah. Someone might say, oh, well, books are dead or things like that. I drive past the Christiana Mall almost every single day. And mm-hmm. I, if it was safe for me to do it, I'd like to get up and take a photo of the aerial view that I can get from that one exit. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, want to message it to these big people and say tell me the mall is dead right find me a parking spot here right mall right. is not dead you right. goob right yeah. but if they complete continue to perpetuate that concept and idea then they drive traffic to those alternative mediums almost by default it's like if i you know a big company ran a scare that you know chicken made you sick you'd see chicken decline across the board well it's like the phrase uh you you repeat a lie enough and it becomes the truth exactly it's exactly mm-hmm. like that yeah. so that that's just my you know that's something i gotta stay very in tune with personally i have a personal stake in that because i run my own business right if i'm wrong i starve to death so i try yeah. to stay as focused on that kind of stuff as i can mm-hmm. and although my uh methods are somewhat different than a lot of the things i read on the internet or watch other people do if i starved to death by trying to provide nothing but a high level of service then i don't yeah. know we got bigger problems than just me you know what uh, while you were talking i had a thought i wonder if there's any statistics out there like how many packages the average person orders from amazon in a month oh, i'm sure it's tracked very aggressively i'm sure um, what i mean is is that available to the public because what i'm wondering is like me personally, I order maybe like one or two things a month, and then a lot of times I'm going to the store to physically buy things. Well, I do know that if you're going to go through Amazon, you should stop at the DoomThugs.com website first and go through the Thank banner you. ad because <laughs> I do with every purchase. I but I was trying that. to connect uh, my thought with your thought about yeah. the mall being busy. Yeah. That, that like, you know, people are still going out to physically shop. Sure. You're yeah. not going to – everybody – like I, I've – someone said to me – excuse me in, – in, in a passive argument about the, where the economy is going, they're like uh, – What's going to happen when people put in their VR um, eye contact lenses and then just go and stare into oblivion for a month and order pizza on their phone and not come out and do anything? And I'm like, I don't think that's that's um, highly unlikely. Number one, yeah, and number two, they you're again another quote from Sam Walton's book: people vote with their feet. You're not gonna. People are still going to want to go and buy and touch socks and stuffed yep. animals and sheets and towels and all the things that you know you can't experience in a two-dimensional realm mm-hmm. through a screen. Yeah. I just bought I mean? a belt on Amazon through the Doom Thugs link, and I was like, I'm never doing this again because the belt doesn't fit that well. You got to touch your belt. You got to. Yeah. It's like as soon when things change, when 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 internet shopping becomes a thing. When when the system as is gets upset in any way, there's a there's a vast overreaction. Yeah, like, like the world is ending. Yeah, every store is going to close. But it's really like, it's just things are going to be different than they were. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's like there are more options. I can lay in bed and order fucking pens 
because I just read an article on Wirecutter about what the best pen is. <laughs> yeah. You know, great. But also, I, um, I feel like humans, for the most part, want to go outside. Like, Connect with other humans. We're social around. creatures. Yeah, right, right. I mean, and, and it's great that the, there are some people that are going to live in their house and yeah. be hermits and have everything delivered to them. And but there's always fine. been people like that. Right. Yeah, that, right. That, 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 right. Changed. Now they right. have a better quality of life because they could get whatever they want. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I'm just saying, it's just like, it's just like, just the, and it's, it seems to be just, I mean, it's just the way that TV makes money because they need everything to be a serious issue. So you're always watching it. Yes. In terms but of it's, television. It's, and it's just like, it's, it's just like the message that, hey, stop watching this needs to be out there more because it's like everything is not so fucking serious. Man. No, it's there are good. very serious things. But when you say everything is DEFCON 10 serious, then nothing gets the real serious things get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And then we're all stupid idiots. But it's like. Fuck, man. But if you go by these metrics, the mall would have been closed 20 years ago. 20, right, right. It's a, it's like everyone just needs to chill. And yeah. it's like things happen in waves. Yeah, cyclical. Mm-hmm. When Amazon, and, uh, it's my pendulum theory. Yeah, yeah. Everything That's like the entire world and mm-hmm. for the history of it. It moves and it's like, oh, Amazon's this new thing. Oh, I'm getting everything off Amazon. Then it's like, maybe I don't like living like that. So right. it's like... And it's like it's like it always stays near the middle, sort of. But it has these these Natural swings to, to to each way violently, as as we see every day, in, every morning in, in fucking politics and business. It's like, and it's and it seems like we're currently in a in a period of transition in a lot of ways because, you know, we're entering our physical prime uh our generation we're in our early 30s you know uh, we're we're taking the helm from these people that are dying yep and you're making a lot of noise as they die and they don't want to die and they want to believe that the power they had when they were our age meant jack shit in the long run and they're seeing as all their friends die and they're closer to death it's like None of this means really anything. No. And it's like, well, I need it to mean something because I've dedicated my entire life to this. Am I, am I, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so the way it I needs to have meaning. And, and that's the thing that I think that's my theory on it. So it doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum they're on, but on the one side of the political spectrum, the average television viewer, mm-hmm. you want to guess? This is the younger one. This is the younger of the two polarized sides. Mm-hmm. 60. The other side, doesn't matter which one it is. They're all, listen, the left wing and the right wing are both on the same bird. You got me out there? Yeah. So the other side, 68. So if you look at that, it starts to give you some perspective because it's like what you're seeing out there is what I consider to be the death rattle of traditional mainstream – I hate the mainstream media, but you know what I'm saying when I say yeah, that. Yeah. Traditional media. I call is, it lamestream. Yeah, they're, they're toast. So, so here's you know, if I'm gonna, you know, what what do animals do in the in the forest when they're before they die? They make a bunch of noise. When that's all you're seeing. This is foxes screaming. Fox, yeah. there's a pun. Yeah. Uh, ah. yeah. 
That's all you're hearing right now. Yeah. So, okay, well, if we're losing viewership, all I got to do is jump in Harrison's face and say, Harrison XYZ is happening, and this is how it doesn't affect you, but I'm going to make it think it affects you, and that's why I need you to match it. But that's yeah. all they do. Yeah. So yeah. they can go. It's like a screaming baby. Just yeah. look at it like a screaming baby. Yeah. And people are going to react that way, and yeah. that's going to create a hysteria, and that's what creates that perception that Harrison was talking about that can – uh, thwart and at times skew the lens or perception of the yeah. average everyday person you're talking about who's just like, man, I got to pick up a gallon of milk, shit my grass is a little too long. Yeah. I hope my wife wasn't upset at what I said with her earlier. Mm-hmm. And what are we having for dinner? Because that's the day to day life. Yeah, right. So that's how to fit in that. Right, right, right. It's like that's what matters, right? Yeah. You're fucking. That's all that matters. Your life. And it's uh, it's 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 frustrating. I just the older to, being alive is very confusing. <laughs> I just try to be a raft on a sea of sewage when I see all that horse shit. Man. The older I get, I don't I don't necessarily think that young people always have the answer, but I think it benefits you as you get older to just pay attention to what's happening to young people, see what their thoughts and feelings are, because they're probably more in tune with like what's happening in a society way than you are, because you're probably set in your ways from when you were a youngster. Yeah. yeah and if you course. pay attention to the younger people, then they have the perspective of what is actually changing in society yeah. because like and again i'm not saying blindly follow it but it's like i feel like a lot of older like people tend to like lock into their beliefs and then they like always shit on the younger people oh yeah that's Whereas been happening like, forever that's been happening for, yeah. and i feel like if you want to break the cycle just be open to like what's happening with the younger generations and like what they're going through in their trials and tribulations and like have an open heart well it's look, like uh, it's it's like because i so i live in a world where 9-11 happened, right? Mm-hmm. My fucking dad lives in a world where the Vietnam War happened. Sure. I don't live in that world. Yeah. Like, the Vietnam War did happen on the earth I live on, but in, in the years that I've been here, it's just something on TV. Yeah, you read it in a book or something. So it's like, and the kids younger than us, 9-11 didn't happen. No. They lived in a world that came with all this baggage. Yeah. And they're making their way through it. And we're all making our way through a different fucking, you know, episode of this shit ourselves, right? And it's like, well, I expect those people to deal with my baggage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Which is inappropriate and doesn't really make sense. Like, I have to process the thoughts and feelings from fucking World War II. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? You can't relate to it on that level. It's like, okay, I understand that 50 years before I was born, the fucking the uh the Ford Motor Company was firing out cars, right? Yeah. And it's like that hasn't been an option for a million. You know what I'm saying? It's like 30 so, years. so it's like it's it's very I it's exactly what you say. It's like well the so the way I do it's right. And if you're, if you think it's, if you think it's wrong, you're dumb. So I'm going to make my entire mission to make things go back to the way they were, which if you, you know, look at history has never happened. No, no. ever. I look at it in super duper simple terms. Like I'm going to get a little nerdy on you. Look at a plant. What does a plant do? It stretches towards its food source. Mm -hmm. You never see a plant for those listening, all of you. You don't see a plant grow one way and then zigzag back the other. It doesn't happen. They're going to reach out towards their source of food, Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of the same way, and they do that over the lifetime that they exist. 
so that people are you know people are the same exact way they're not likely to look away from the source of the thing that's fed them whether it's emotionally spiritually financially you name it because that's what's been their forever food source and anything that obstructs it is going to be dealt with hostily mm -hmm. which is what we're seeing now what we're seeing now I'm not political. Yeah, what we're seeing now is we're seeing our generation take over, period. Mm -hmm. I'm the most powerful consumer on this earth, period. End yeah. of discussion. It's over. Mm -hmm. It's factually accurate. Yeah. And uh, my dad probably doesn't like that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He'd probably not blame him, but right. he probably doesn't. Right. So we're seeing the torch being handed, but we're being handed the torch. And I'm sorry to the baby boomers that are listening that are really great people, but we're being handled – we're being handed the torch flame fucking first. And if you think otherwise, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd love to debate you in the most public setting possible. So that's kind of what we're seeing in all walks. So we're going to get through it. It's all, it's, you know, we're all going to be going to the grocery store and Everyone, we're going yeah, yeah. it's, it's, to be fine. The I don't entirety of human history, this. everyone's gotten through everything. We'll be fine. I just hope that our generation enjoys our time in the sun. And then when it's time to pass the torch, we will handle first. But of course... We have uh, how many years of recorded history telling me that's not going to happen? <laughs> right. But hey, quite a bit. Let's break the mold, okay? Everyone that went to high school in the early aughts is the best, and they always will be, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a fun uh, conversation. Thank you uh, for having it with me, folks. Oh, yeah. Uh, how do we do here today? I'm giving everybody an A+. Plus. Hey, yo. We're tackling Thank the real you. issues up here, gang. That was fun. It's fun to talk sometimes. Yeah. You know it's, pro it's provocative. It's I'm fun. I'm going to go watch some MPEGs of uh, two women kissing. And I'm, I'm going to watch the Philadelphia oh, Eagles. Yeah, That's what I'm going to watch. World champion Philadelphia Eagles kick off and soon. Soon? soon? Yeah. yeah. All right. Just under an hour. So that'll be fun. Uh, it's over. We're, uh, another summer has no, come and gone. It. No, it's like I said on the uh, the uh, social media post. I mean, it's probably going to be hot until October. Oh, without a doubt. We're going to be swimming yeah. in Sean's pool yeah. until November, probably. But congratulations to Sean. If you're talk talking Sean. about like, the, uh, the conversation, everyone post-Labor Day is throwing out their white clothes and fucking just loading up on pumpkin. Well, it's fine. <laughs> Thanks for giving me summer. I'll hand the reins over, but I'm still going to go swim. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for using our Amazon link on doomfuzz.com. Turn off ad blocker. Uh, don't uh, forget, we always have shirts. No, yes, we have T-shirts. Um, uh, we should get a new design going. What do you think about that? I think I that's a great idea. Shirt. Yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get that. We're going to go into the lab, folks, and we're going to come out with some good stuff. Uh, anyone have anything else they want to say before we sign off? Uh, El Diablo Burrito is a very good restaurant. Yeah. Local Brandmore, Delaware yeah. hack. Nope. Yeah. We, hey. pl we plugged them extensively last week. Did we? Yes. Quite <laughs> uh, tires and fires, car show. Ben, speaking of charities and things to that effect, we will, the Costa Realty Group will be hosting a car show at the Boothman Firehouse on the 27th of October. Uh, bring your cars. Get let, get me in touch. Uh, get in touch with me so I can reserve you a spot. And we'd love to see all the people out there. It is completely free of charge to the public, and it's to benefit the first responders that will save you should you food. ever need them. There's going to be food, there. food, music, you name it. And we'd love to see you all. So please come. I have a 2014 Corolla with only two upcaps. Am I in? You're in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Whoa!